This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. How big of an impact is money laundering having in your neighborhood? We've talked a lot about it over the last few years. You hear that the provincial government is on it. We've heard about things like civil forfeiture, where the government can seize, you know, properties and items that are proceeds of crime. And yet, there are still properties out there that are owned and clearly still owned by people who not just accused of, but convicted of money laundering. How do we know this? Well, the Vancouver Sun has published the results of research that the newspaper has been doing on the money laundering file, and they found out that there are some properties right here in Metro Vancouver that are still in the hands of people who have been prosecuted for money laundering in the United States. So we thought, let's find out more about this. Joining us now is Gordon Hoekstra of the Vancouver Sun investigative reporter who looked into this. Uh, Gordon, thanks so much for being here. Good morning. This sounded quite extensive. Tell me, how did you dig into this? Well, it started as a kind of a a contextual piece. Um, You know, obviously, as you said, there's been lots of uh, reporting of money laundering. But in the the latest reports that came back from the the government uh, commissioned, Mr. German and the Maloney reports, there's a little bit of pushback. Sometimes you get, you know, get letters to the editor, emails saying, oh, is, how is that possible? Is, is money really being laundered in, in real estate? You know, you can't bring bags of cash to the bank. Uh, and that's largely true. Uh, so I wanted to sort of, you know, take a look at, you know, okay, well, how, how is that exactly happening? And so we, you know, sort of combed the, uh, the, the news reports and some, uh, some former cases and came up with 12 examples to sort of paint a, you know, a bit of a bigger picture. And, um, and you can see that, you know, these, uh, the money is coming from all kinds of things. Yes, it's coming from drug trafficking. And yes, it, uh, casinos have been uh, used to facilitate some of that. But um, there are other methods that are being used, you know, whether that's uh, in the past, you know, bringing cash to the bank or taking cash outside of the country and putting into, uh, you know, places where they don't have, as, you know, sort of the kind of, uh, uh, you know, they're not looking at it as closely. And so you right. can get it into the system. And once it's in the system, you know, as one of the people that I actually talked to Mr. German and what, it, as he said, you know, can whiz around the system. And then, you know, once it's in the banking system, you know, it can go almost anywhere. And, um, and so, you know, that's what's happened in these cases. One of the cases was a, you know, a major uh, pump and dump stock fraud in the U S and the money, uh, you know, actually was initially invested into a house in California and some money was made off of that. And then that money was put into Canada and some shell companies to use to buy some property in West Vancouver and Whistler. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there has been some efforts, uh, both by the United States Securities and Exchange Commission to, uh, you know, have the par- uh, properties forfeited. The fellow who owns the properties actually has pled guilty and said that he would forfeit the properties, but his spouse is also involved in it. So I guess these things become complicated and that's crossed the border. And so, I mean, I'm told by a U.S. law enforcement official that they are still pursuing it, but, um, you know, I guess we'll see over time whether that happens. But in the meantime, you know, the uh, the property in West yeah. Vancouver remains in the name of this shell company from this, you know, that was created by this guy that, uh, you know, is now being convicted in the U.S. of, uh, of uh, you know, of stock fraud. What about this property that you came across in Richmond as well? That's somebody else who's been convicted of money laundering. Yes, yes. Uh, that was part of a massive... Uh, Bank, uh, bank of China uh, embezzlement scheme that ran for about a decade into 2001. Uh, you know, some $670 million was stolen. 
some of that money, you know, flowed to, you know, go on expensive trips and, and, and gamble in places like Australia and Macau and in Las Vegas. But some of the money found its way into British Columbia, into real estate. You know, uh, again, the money would flow from, you know, accounts in China into bank accounts in Hong Kong and then into bank accounts in uh, in Canada. And, it, and it's interesting because I, I mean, these findings were sort of made sort of at the, uh, as a, a result of this other, all this other work. And it turns out that, uh, you know, the people that were involved in this uh Embezzlement scheme were convicted uh, in the U.S. of money laundering and, and a bunch of other uh, uh, indictments. And they, uh, you know, the, the some of the houses, a couple of houses were, were forfeited in a, in a suit that the Bank of China launched to try and get recover money. Right. But one of the houses still remains in the names of one of these people who has, you know, been convicted in the U.S. and actually been deported to China. So I, I haven't been able to get any answers as to why that is, I wasn't able to talk to the Bank of China. And one of the lawyers that represented the Bank of China in the action said that they weren't, you know, right. they weren't able to speak about it. But it is, a, I mean, it's an open question because, you know, I mean, you, you see that in these cases where people have actually been convicted, they still hold on to the property. Um, you know, it kind of makes you want to say, well, maybe crime does pay. Yeah. It seems that way when you look at how much these houses have actually increased in value, too, since some of these people bought them. Uh, are we not sharing enough information, Gord? Like, do you think that's what's happening? Yeah, I mean, that it's a possibility. I, I think that, you know, one of the things is that the, the border, you know, borders create, you know, challenges and obstacles. Um, so, um you know, uh, so whether there would have to be actually something that, you know, would change in terms of, you know, multilateral, you know, cross-border cooperation agreements, you know, that's a possibility, right. um, you know, because in these cases, I mean, it ends up, you know, it's, it's, it's vice versa, too. Like if the, you know, the BC Securities Commission has been trying to go after some a penalty of a, a fraudster in uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, and so you have to get the courts to recognize the decision, and then you, you know, and then you have to go and try and uh, take uh, action to, to get the property for to prove that that right. property is part of the proceeds, and then get it forfeited. So that is not a, a simple uh, exercise. And um, you know, I don't know whether in these longer cases, whether it's a matter of, you know, the interest sort of fizzles out over time, and so these sometimes properties kind of get stranded. I'm not saying that is the case, but maybe there's some possibility of that. Right, and there's I mean, people, interesting. people yeah, living there, right? Like so some of the ones yeah. that you checked out? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, exactly who is in control of the properties, you know, uh, is a good question. I mean, in the case of the uh, the Bank of China embezzlement scheme, uh, the folks that were involved in that had relatives and family members that lived in British Columbia, and quite a considerable amount of money flowed to uh, to BC, and the Bank of China was managed to recover some of that money, but uh, but I don't think all of it. So uh, huh. you know, uh, what about beneficial ownership? Like that new law that's coming into effect here in BC, where you can't have a numbered company; <clears throat> you have to expose who is behind the numbered company. Do you think that would help in cases like this? Uh, yes, a possibility. All of those things will help. I mean, uh, you know, more transparency in the ownership of companies and, and property, as well as, you know, more resources for, uh, you know, law enforcement and, you know, things like trying to make uh, lawyers part of the reporting regime to, uh, right. to when they have, the, you know, suspicious transactions or large trans- cash transactions. All of that will help. I don't know... 
in a sense, then there's also the fact that you have to actually pursue these things and like who, who is pursuing them and how much energy do you put towards that? That's a different question. I mean, in the case of the uh, West Vancouver property from the, uh, the stock fraud from the fellow and he's in jail in the U S I mean, the, uh, the, you know, the way it was prosecuted was in, I think in, 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 in New York somewhere. And so that's a long way away from Vancouver. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, obviously there are some efforts to try and, uh, you know, get recover the monies that are, that are owed from these uh, properties that this, uh, this fellow agreed to forfeit. But, you know, Again, uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, all those kinds of offices have priorities and maybe this is not at the top of their list. Well, more for you to dig into. Listen, thanks so much for your time on this today. Okay, thanks very much. Fascinating piece. That's Gordon Hoekstra, Vancouver Sun investigative reporter. Check out his piece at the Vancouver Sun website or buy a copy of the paper, vancouversun.com. You can check out how they did an investigation into properties that are still owned, mainly in the Metro Vancouver area, by people who have either been convicted of or chased down for money laundering, not just in BC or Canada, but also in the United States. And yet you would think that as a result of that, we know, and you know, they would have to forfeit these properties, and yet that isn't the case.